0: This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's going on, Hopeland Church? Here we go. Part three of If It Matters to You, It Matters to God. And let's say it this way, if it matters to God, it should matter to you. Uh, Let's say it a different way. If it doesn't really matter to God, then it shouldn't carry so much weight on our soul or our life. All right. Okay, so we can kind of reword this. And so maybe you can kind of see where we're headed today. This is part three of our sermon series. So, that's kind of, this is what we're going to talk about here, and so I'm stoked to be here with you. I pray that you're ministered to, that you really receive something here that can um, be applied, that you can um, really walk away from this moment and say, man, I'm so glad that I listened to the word today, okay? And so here we go. Let me pray, and we're going to jump right in, Okay. So once again, if it matters to you, it matters to God. This is part three. So let's pray here. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for what matters to you, God. And Lord, I pray that you would just highlight and, and bring attention to, by your Holy Spirit, the things that really matter, the things that eternally matter, the things that matter in the long term of life and, um, and what matters really from your perspective. So highlight that today for us. Show us, God, what matters. And show us, God, the things that we are caring too much about that really are not relevant at all to our walk with you and to our eternal existence in you, God. And so I I pray that you would deliver us, set us free, of things that we are assuming matters, but we've put too much attention on them and, and, it, and, it, and It's causing things to happen in our life that, that, that aren't pleasing to you and that are destructive to us So we just pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. So here we go So here it is you matter to God Um, God cares about the things that really matter, okay, and 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 sometimes Um, as I we kind of prayed and I kind of alluded to this already, uh, we we can care about or burden ourselves with things that God is not concerned with. Okay, can I get an amen? You know, um, and for whatever reason we care about them, so now we're getting into something that's like, why do we care about it? Why does that matter so much? Then we kind of we're getting into some potential soul issues, some potential bad habits or bad ways of viewing things, uh, unhealthy perspectives, right? So we all come from somewhere in our humanity, let's all be honest, that we have things in our life that when things happen, situations happen, we kind of can get flustered, frustrated, angry, uh, upset, burdened, um, depressed, in anxiety, and God's like, hey, uh, you don't need to be carrying that, Um doesn't matter that much. Can I get an amen, somebody? Or maybe these things do matter in some way. But maybe we, because of our issues, because of um, you know where we come from, how we grew up, whatever, because of our insecurities, we somehow have kind of put this level of of uh, of care on something that that God's like, man, you don't you don't need to be caring that much about that. Can I get an amen? So. Here we go, here's the question then. Like, what doesn't matter to God, okay? So let's try to talk about this stuff, okay? So I'm just gonna give some a few examples, but here it is, like, so if, if it matters to us, it matters to God, but then I think we do, this begs the question, like, what doesn't matter? Like, what really doesn't matter? What is it that we are not to care about, per se, um, or, or, or kind of assume the burden of anxiety over things? situations and what and so there is a poignant scriptural premise for this we shared the verse um last week um and it's multiple times in the scripture worded differently but it's it's saying the same thing is basically cast your cares upon him for he cares for you what is that saying stop caring about that stop caring about it stop um you know my wife always says don't borrow anxiety like don't 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 take it now because of this presumed outcome, and you're like in, in anxiety about something that didn't even happen yet, right? And so here it is: what doesn't matter to God, or what do we concern ourselves with that doesn't really matter that much, right? Um, I'm sure we all do, uh, and depending on what it is, um, right? Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody? Um, and you're like, why does that matter so much? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you're like, because it does, right? Or, or they're like this, is, you know, and so it's like, okay, like, um, but in reality, in truth, it's like, okay, you, you, you're caring too much. About that, so I just have some examples. I'm not saying this is all of them, but I think maybe in some way, um, maybe these can touch us all in some way, or maybe one or two, or you're like, okay, you can maybe relate. Maybe you've seen it in somebody else. Maybe you've seen it in your own life. But but this is important. This is important. This is what we're going to talk about. It is really caring about what God cares about, or like what really matters. And we're going to talk about what God cares about. Okay, what matters to God. And it's kind of like the main things, like these will always matter to God. They, they, they matter for our own spiritual life. They matter, um, for our own mental, uh, health, our emotional well-being. They matter for our own spiritual growth and just life. Like the things that we're going to talk about that matter to God, like they really matter, eternally matter, scripturally matter. And I think even in our own, um, just basic reasoning of life. I, I believe that if we just think about it a little bit, man, the, man, these things matter the most, right? So, so here we go. But what what are some things that we absorb or we care about too much, and and we need to we need to check these things. We need to really evaluate and be honest, okay? But here it is. Here here here's a few. Um. So maybe becoming some sort of workaholic, right? Like where where Work matters to such a degree that other areas of your life are falling apart, okay? Because of your drive to perform, your drive to succeed, um, your drive, like there's something there that that, that that matters too much to us if we're not careful and we can become a workaholic, right? And, or some iteration of that, Okay. And, and maybe it's because we have an we have an unhealthy drive to prove something to others. Okay, so 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 work matters, and we're going to talk about that, but not not on the unhealthy level of it causing harm to all these other areas of our life. Like th- th- that's a problem. Somebody say hey, Amen. Look at your neighbor and say that's a problem. Okay, so here's another one: being overly concerned with everybody liking you, like 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 you just. Can't seem to get through the fact that so and so just doesn't like you, right? Um, so of course we want people to like us. I just basic human need, and yes, um, I believe that God is so good that He will connect us with people that really care about us, and that we really care about them, and we'll have fulfillment in relationship and all this and that. But but I think sometimes though, when when we have this unhealthy concern and wait for everybody to like us, that, my brothers and sisters, is unhealthy, all right, um, here it is, here's another one, I got a few more, and then we'll kind of move on with our points here, but but what these things, this approach, this is, God is not in that, right, he, that, that, that is not God's plan for your life, to be burdened by things in such, to such a degree that, that it's unhealthy, it's, it's it, it, it can, you know, we get into ungodliness and idolatry with this stuff because we are so consumed by this thing or this idea, and and, it, and it's unhealthy, it's unhealthy, all right? And so here's another one, giving in to the trap of comparison, all right, which then produces a very un- out, unhealthy outlook on life. Like it affects our view of life because we're like, oh, look what they have, why don't I have that? Look at that relationship, man, I've never had that. And, and, and I, I, we can be ex- inspired by others, success or what they have going on but we should never be so burdened that we find ourselves in a in a in a in, a, in, a, in, in depression anxiety chronic loneliness because we're looking at somebody else's life on Instagram right and so that is not worth caring about to, 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 to like what other people have and do right it's like the spirit of the world it's the less of the flesh less the eyes The lust of the eyes and the pride of life or the the pride of what one has and does or that that can kind of fuel and feed jealousy and envy. And that right there, we can cast that care on the Lord. Here's another one. Here's another one. Um, Unhealthy ambition. This can kind of go along with being a workaholic and even comparison. Like these things, when we are driven by something, that is not purely, hey, I want to worship God, love God, uh, pursue Him passionately, or and, and, and this is no knock on wanting to succeed, but, but but the drive to succeed can be unhealthy. The drive to succeed in some area can be idolatrous. Can I get an amen? Right? It can be any drive, even a minute, like here I am, a pastor, right? My drive to succeed in my role of pastoring a church, of growing a church, of like that there, that drive can be totally ungodly and and idolatrous, that I am worshiping success now, the success of ministry. I am I am just inundating myself with with, 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 with and, and giving myself over to this drive, and that it, it it becomes where it's not about people anymore. It's about the success of this organization that I am in charge of, right? Like that, right there. I'm just saying, just because I'm in church and that, and then I'm doing this thing, and it's 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 like a service to people. I'm a pastor. I'm a I'm a missionary to the neighborhood here in Boyle Heights. I am a missionary to Los Angeles, I am here to serve, to love, to care, to preach the gospel, period, hallelujah. But that drive can click over into something that is not of God, like that is not what God is calling us to for those that that drive to matter to such a degree that it becomes about some kind of prestige to prove something maybe to our parents, to prove something to our peers. Look at me. Look what I have. Look what I've done. And, 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 and all the while, it can bring destruction to family, to, to, to children, to marriage. Like the things that matter can, can, can be sacrificed on the altar of our own pursuit of whatever it is we're chasing after. And we need to check that. Somebody needs to say amen, right? So, so unhealthy ambition. And so let me read from my notes here. Unhealthy ambition. And the fruit of this, okay, the fruit of which destroys relationships, okay? Nothing wrong with being ambitious. Um, I would consider myself an ambitious person. I would consider myself a driven person. I would consider myself somebody that um, has a, a strong work ethic, that, that I am driven in a sense, like I'm, I'm going to... Get it done, whatever it is. Like whatever, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this thing, right? So, so maybe that's why I'm preaching this. Okay, so because I can understand where that can tilt over into something that is just, it's not of God. Okay, can I get an amen out there? All right, it's just not of God. But so ambition, but the Bible talks about how selfish ambition. Maybe that's how I should have worded it. But there is something called selfish ambition. Selfish ambition produces confusion, and it's just it, it, it. it Gets can we be honest? Evil. It's not of God. It's it's, it's a, we're, we're driven by something that's just unhealthy, and we we lose sight of what really matters, which is love God and love people. And even in ministry, it can be more about um, success than people. It should always be about God and people, right? Anyway, you guys get what I'm saying here. But these things here, um, these things that we concern ourselves with, they really do not matter as much as. The world tells us they do, okay? So unhealthy ambition, the fruit of which destroys relationships, including our relationship with the Lord. It's true, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen to plenty of pastors that they have some kind of, it become, their even ministry, becomes some type of thing that is not of God, and they lose everything eventually. God gives them time to repent, but they refuse. Not everybody, but I've seen it where they refuse. And they had lost everything. The thing that they got into ministry for, it became about something else. And as a result of that, became idolatrous. The worship of a false God, literally. That's what happens. And they lost everything. Okay. Including their marriage, um, all that. So, so, so this drive must be checked at the altar of God. And so here, now let's talk about what really matters to God. Here's number one. Number one, and I know we know this. This is not, this is nothing new, but hopefully, at, 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 hopefully at, at minimum, this is at least just a reminder, maybe like a refocus. Okay, what really matters? I believe if we can focus on what really matters to God, and these things do matter to us. I, I believe that with all of my heart. I, I believe they do in some way, but, but this is what really matters to God. So if we can focus and know and have just, this is what really matters to God. So this can influence decision-making and healthy decision-making. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Um, your family matters to God, okay? Your family matters to God. Your spouse, your marriage, your children, those in your home. So when I speak of family, I understand there's relatives and and that, that all they matter to God. That, you know, and so, but specifically, I'm, I'm, i because my next point's gonna lead into this, I'm really talking about your home life. The the people you live with day to day, that your home, the your marriage, your the your children, right? Um, this is what matters to home. Those in your home. So your family matters to God. And then I'm gonna kind of read some scriptures and talk about this a little bit, but let me give you the next point just so we can encapsulate it. It's kind of saying the same thing, but but I wanted to be very specific here um, that um, your home life matters to God. So your family matters, but it's literally your home life. That that really does matter. So here we go. Colossians chapter three, verse 18. And I'm gonna read the verse 21 quickly. And this is just one verse speaking of the family. Just Look at, this is just one of many, it's even uh, some of these verses here when in the New Testament, when speaking of family, it's it's even quoting um, in Ephesians, and it talks about in Ephesians here in Colossians, it's quoting one of the Ten Commandments. Um, and so here we go. Colossians 3.18, wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Verse 20, children, Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. You see how the Lord is all up in marriage, all up in the family, all up in the home right here? Verse 21, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Your home life matters to God, okay? So what am I saying? Give attention to the environment of your home. The home, give attention to it. Uh, what's going on here? How's it feel up in here? What's the, what's the, what is the relational climate like? You guys see what I'm saying? Like, is there any kind of undealt with issue here? Is there something under the rug that we ain't saying because we don't want to talk about it? Like, what, how's it really going? Right? Are we just coming and going? Is this just like where I sleep? And no, but what is it like? What is the temperature? Are you talking? Is there open communication? Right? Um, so, so what am I saying by give attention to the environment, of my home, here it is, meaning pray there. Pray in the home, pray together, pray in the home. Be aware of the spirit of your home, like the, the, the spiritual environment, the climate, the atmosphere, right? Talk through things with those in your home. All right, why? It matters to you, come on somebody, and it matters to God, all right? So so don't, no marriage, family, or children should be sacrificed on the altar of our career or our pursuit for success. Family matters to God. Marriage matters to God. Your relationship with your children matter to God. All right, hallelujah. Here we go. Got another verse here. Let me read it quickly. Mark 5, verse 18, and I'm gonna read all the way to verse 20. This is kind of a cool example of this, but check it out. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with them. Like, let me come with you, Jesus, right? He Delivers them of demons. Verse 19 of Mark 5. However, Jesus did not permit it, so no. Yeah. He said, but he said to him, go home to your friends. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Verse 20. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis. This was where he was from. All that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Okay, so you really what I'm talking about too is like your inner circle is a big deal to God. Okay, that, 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 that matters. That That is like, that is the foundation of, of, of just the rhythm of your life. You know, that, that is where you live. Many, many of us now too, even more so than ever. It's where we even work now. Like we work there. We, we, get family, like, like, you know, this matters. Like if we can get this right, you know what I'm saying? All that other stuff will follow. Can I get an amen? So with that said, I don't want it to seem like, I mean, that, Work doesn't matter. Career doesn't matter, but it's got to be in its right priority, and it does matter to God. Okay, so that is my next point, right? Your work matters to God, or your career matters to God, or you know, your it matters. It, it matters. I mean, this is this is all over the scripture, kind of how we approach work. That you know, the scripture even says, "Man, if 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 a man does not provide for his own." you know the bible says he's worse than an infidel like you know god takes work very serious and is very serious but you ever you'll notice kind of in our in the scripture and his god's in the framework in the in the in the in the kind of framework of work right that's why there's a sabbath right because we 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 need rest we need that and so but here it is let me just give some scriptures about this like and I want to encourage you out there, your work matters to God and how we work matters to God and that we are diligent in it. It matters to God that we do work hard and apply ourselves. It does matter to God that that in work, there is this element of fulfillment and purpose, right? That this thing is something we care about, like this particular sector, this particular business, this particular type of work is like something you spent a lot of money to get educated to do, right? And that you gave yourself to it and you're, you're paying off that school debt in the name of Jesus, right? Or whatever it is. So, And I get it, it's like a passion, it's a drive. It's like you love it, right? Um, you, you know, you, you, you're doing your thing. Praise the Lord. Guess what? It matters to God. Okay, so here we go. Let me read some verses here quickly. Um, Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Like God cares that we have something that can provide for our needs. God cares about it in in a big way, okay? It, It matters and notice it says descendants. And so that shows you right there that our way of provision and our work and career, it is connected to providing for our families. It is truly Uh, connected it is part of that and God cares about it your work your career your profession matters to God it matters to you I'm telling you it matters to God so here we go let's read some more verses here quickly Proverbs 12 verse 24 it reads the hand of the diligent will rule but the lazy man will be put to forced labor right somebody say work matters to God okay Work matters to God. Here it is, Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24. Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24. And whatever you do, do it heartily. Somebody say work matters. As to the Lord, not unto men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. He's really talking about work, literally work, okay, in this verse, okay? Um, Here's another one. Proverbs 28, 19, uh, he who tills his land will have plenty of bread. Somebody say work matters. Say it again, say work matters. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. Okay, so God is not a fan of laziness, amen? God is not a fan of just, you know, of lagging, being lax, lazy, right? But he desires that we work hard. That as we read in, in a prior verse here, Proverbs 12, 24, the hand, hand uh, of the diligent will rule. Okay? Hallelujah. Okay? And so I wanted to say all that just to, to just you know, to encourage you that pray about your work, pray about your career. Give attention to it. Ask God for wisdom. Invite him into the world of your work. Holy Spirit, lead me. Um, God, anoint me to do this. God, grace me to do this. God, favor me today. Give me divine favor as I go and do what I'm called to do. Lord, I receive your favor. You're right today. Favor me. God bless me. Like, like it matters to God. Right? Lord, um, connect me with the right people. Like, pray over your work and your day. you got a meeting. Come in, you have meetings, Lord. I Pray, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, pray in the Holy Spirit, man, over your meetings, over what you do. Uh, pray over it. Pray over your day. Speak life. Uh, speak the words. Speak what God is saying. Declare. Pray. Be, be, be a prayer warrior when it comes to what your hands are on. You know, and I just shared a few, but they're, they're all over the book. Folks, you know, um, you know that he would bless the work of our hands. All right, and and you'll you'll you see that even in the Old Testament, that the the people that did what they were doing, um, you know, that they were successful in it. David was extremely successful, right, in in what he did as a king. I mean, I mean you see what what they did, the work they did. Um, Abram was came from a, a, a wealthy family. Like they were they were successful. Okay, and so God is not against us being successful, but Lord knows he does not want us to um, uh, allow the drive for work to bring destruction to other areas of our life. Let's keep it in its place and make sure that we rest, right? That we rest that 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 we put work away right you know that that there is that rest that 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 we're trusting god like we're going to work hard but we're also going to rest we're we're going to work hard we're going to apply ourselves we're going to do what we got to do we're going to we're going to grind and we're going to work hard but we are going to rest right we are going to put we're going to we're going to Rest today, right? Like, and I'll work tomorrow, but but we need to rest. And this is what I'm getting into. Um, the last two really uh, main points here. Here's the next one. This is getting into rest and, and, and all that. And this, this really matters to God. And this, this is what we'll say here. This, here's the point, is that your mental health matters to God. Matters to God. Now, there, there's so many verses in the scripture concerning the mind and and, and, and our thinking, Uh, You know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, You know, be renewed, the scripture says, in the spirit of your mind. He anoints our head with oil. A cup runs over. He has given us the mind of Christ. Like, God cares about your mental health, okay? He cares about your mental health. So here it is, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26 verse three, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Hallelujah, because he trusts in you. Praise the Lord. Your mental health matters to God. Your mental health matters to God, can't say it enough. All right, and so that our mental health, um, from a spiritual perspective, um, it is it is requisite that we give attention to this, that we seek the Lord in prayer, that we get in the Word, allow Him to wash over our mind, okay, allow Him to cleanse our mind. Uh, cleanse our thinking, that, that we allow this word to change the way we think about ourselves, others, life itself, that we be, become renewed, right? That we are transformed by the renewing of mind, that, that, we, that, we, that we step into this, that we lean into this whole process of walking with God, that we become healthier in our mind. All right, so to go along with that, um, here's the next point here. Your emotional health, or rather emotional well-being, but we'll say health, but your emotional health matters to God, all right? Your, your, your mental health matters to God. Your emotional health matters to God. Can I get an amen? So what am I saying? How, how does that come into play practically? I'm telling you right now, rest matters. Uh, Healthy relationships matter. Um, People around you that are healthy to where they bless you emotionally. They don't vex you and and, uh, trouble you emotionally, and gets you all wrapped up and involved in just unhealthy stuff. I'm just saying that our mental health and emotional health do impart to those that are in our inner circle. Um, I'm telling you, relationship in the kingdom of God with other brothers and sisters in Christ is so powerful when it comes to our own, our spiritual development, of course, but our mental health and our emotional well-being Okay, so, so also, you know, rest matters, as I said. Leisure, here it is. When it comes to emotional, mental health, leisure slash fun matters. Can I get an amen? Whatever that is for you, what it is that you enjoy to do that is not work, that is not, um, like some providing some sort of need to somebody else like that. You have an outlet of leisure, fun, whatever it is. Um, Sometimes those things can be even the way you like to run or work out. Even that kind of physical thing is actually connected to our emotional and mental well-being. It truly is. And so, so also I said this, but I'm going to say it according to my notes. But friends, you authentically connect with matter to God, and they will have an impact on your emotional well-being and your mental health. And so, you know, the, the scripture says in Psalm 23, one of my favorite verses in that chapter. There is He restores our soul, okay, and He desires that you know we would be preserved, right? In First Peter five, our whole spirit soul, and body, like the entirety of our our being matters to God, mental, intellect, memory, right, Uh, our emotions, the way we feel, the way way we're able to um, just live life, our relationships, like all of that matters to God. Your emotional health matters to God. There are times where maybe I'm just a little off, maybe a little edgy, a little snappy. You know what I mean? I have those moments, my wife would tell you. Um, and so sometimes I, I just recently she asked me this. She's like, Do you need to go to the skate park? You know what I mean? And I'm like, Yeah, I do. Right? So so um amazing, you know, you married the right person when you grew up um Skateboarding your whole life and still do it, and she says things like, "Do you need to go to the skate park, honey?" Right? Um, she, I don't think she says honey; she doesn't call you. She calls me hun. but she did ask, like, "Do you need to go to skate park? You need to go to the skateboard. Get your skateboard." You know. Um, and so we all need some sort of outlet, right? And so hallelujah, I married the right woman, folks. Because she'd be asking me stuff like, "Do you need to go to the skate skateboard?" Um, but you know, it it, it it matters. It it really um, does. Um, affect and impact our emotional health and our emotional well-being in a real way. I was just connecting with an old friend of mine, a um, uh, good friend of mine. We grew up skateboarding together and both became pro skaters and stuff like that. And he now owns a couple of pizza shops here in L.A. And he owns one. He just opened one not too far from where we live. And I was there hanging out with them, and so it's kind of cool the way it works out because the skate park's not too far from there. So I go to the skate park, and then I'll stop by my friend Solomon's Pizza Spot and just say what's up. I mean, we literally are childhood friends, so it's kind of a trip that he opened a spot right here, um, not too far from where I live now. But um, and I was like, he was like, man, you skate every day, every week, or whatever. I was like, yeah, pretty much once a week. I try to get out there, and um, I was like, yeah, man, it's just good for my mental health. And he's like, yeah, it always was. But, but as a kid and stuff, I don't think of it like, man, I need an outlet. I, could, I just do it because it's fun or whatever. But now just in my age and just, you know, my perspective on life, it's literally a, a, a resource to me. It's like a, it, it truly does um, bring a, a balance to my life, right? Um, and, and, you know, um, going – out and actually skating, not like just going from point A to point B, but going and actually trying tricks, and it's kind of a creative outlet for me. So anyway, I was just talking to him about that. I was like, yeah, true, like yes, always has been, but now it's like more than ever, it's like, man, it really is something that is good for me to do. It matters to God, right? And so whatever that is for you, I encourage you to put that, whatever it is, whatever that outlet is, that Leisure, kind of do your thing that you love and like. I encourage you that you put that, that you discipline yourself to put that within your weekly rhythm in some way. Can I get an amen? All right, so once again, folks, your mental health matters to God. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a, a pretty large portion of scripture here just to show you how um, somebody that was serving God, very passionate about the things of God, needed rest. Okay, he just he needed he wasn't doing so good, and 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 he needed to eat some food and he needed to chill. Okay, so let's just read this. I'm gonna read it pretty quick. Okay, but just, just so you can see the whole story here. This is, this is about Elijah, Elijah, and um, he had just called on God. Fire came down, and they basically slayed all the false prophets of Baal, okay? just God showed up and showed who he was. And then Jezebel threatened him. um, And so he's basically got freaked out, scared, was, you know, and not in a good mental, emotional state. And so let's just read this quickly, all right? So I'm gonna read through it just so you can kind of read. So just just open your Bibles or whatever and just, just take a listen. I'm gonna read through this. But 1 Kings chapter 19, And I'm gonna read from verse one all the way to the end here, uh, verse 21. So let's go, let's read this quickly. Um, I think just by reading it, you'll kind of get the picture here, but here we go. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Verse two, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Verse three, and when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse four, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. I am no better than my father's, verse five, Then, as he lay and slept under a broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him, said to him, arise and eat. Verse six, then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Somebody, somebody say, I need a nap, right? As verse seven, and the angel uh, of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. Look at this, somebody say rest. Somebody say Sabbath, okay? Verse eight, so he rose and he ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse nine, and there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. Spent the night, there he is, he slept again. Somebody say rest. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 10, so he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts for the children of Israel for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword I alone am left and they seek to take my life verse 11 then he said go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord behold the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire after the fire a still small voice. Verse 13, so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek my life. Verse 15, then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And then, and when you arrive, anoint." Haziel as king over Syria also you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel and Elisha the son of Japhat of Abel Meholah you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel Jehu will kill and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu Elisha will kill yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel all whose, knee, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Verse 19, I'm almost done. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Japhet, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12th. The, then Elisha passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elisha and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother. And when I follow, then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again. For What have I done to you? Verse 21, so Elisha turned back from him took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elisha and became his servant. Here's the point, went through all that. And you'll see that God did not discard him. God did not shame him. God let the man rest and supernaturally fed him twice and he took three naps. You know what I'm saying? So, so God. I mean, there's a lot going on in the nation. You, you, there's a lot of craziness. A lot of demonic activity, like evil stuff happening by those in power. And he's like, man, you just need to rest, bro. I'm gonna feed you some food. Take another nap. We'll come back and feed you some more food. Take another nap. I'm, gonna, you know, and and then I'm gonna talk to you, and I'm gonna show you Elijah that there are a lot of people that are serving me and this isn't about you and you're actually going to anoint this person, this person, this person. One of the people he anointed became a servant. The other person, one of the other people, Jehu, is the one that was actually instrumental in having Jezebel killed, all right? And so, and so kind of dethroning an evil power. And so here is the point. God cares about you on your journey and rest matters because it's tied to our mental and emotional health. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your people, God, and I pray your blessing over them. I pray that they would be stirred in the things of God. And I pray that we would give attention this year. We would give attention in this season of our lives to what matters most. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I love you, church. See you next week. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.